you know what, Jen? I don't think I've ever looked better in my life. I think I'm I'm at the peak of my physical prowess. I think you are. At the moment. And yeah. I would love to share that with people. I'd love people to be able to see me in the flesh. Just it's to... selfish to keep this. <laughs> it is. This amount of radiance needs to be shared. So I thought what I would do is invite people along to see me in real life. To be in the same room at the Museum of Comedy. At the Museum of Comedy, because comedy is what I do <laughs> most of the time. <laughs> and you belong in a museum. No, oh, no. No, no, no. It was How rude. My self-esteem had climbed and now it's back down on the floor. But no, I um, love the Museum of Comedy and I'm going to go there and I'm going to take my raw magnetism with me uh, on Wednesday the 24th of April. Can I come too? You can. Just try not to sort of detract from my glow, you know. Okay. Uh, we are going to have the magnificent Jenny Ryan, a magnificent guest, Ooh. TBA. Wednesday the 24th of April, put it in your diaries, bring your sunglasses because I am shining. Yeah, get your tickets now. The link is in our social media or from the music. Museum of Comedy website. Oh, please do come. Jen's all right as well. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. What's your name? Jenny Ryan. Correct. What's my name? Lucy Porter. Correct. What are we doing? We're making a podcast all about quizzing. Correct. What's it called? Fingers on buzzers. Correct. Hello and welcome to another lockdown special of Fingers on Fingers buzzers. buzzers. Hey Jen, how are you? Um, I'm all right, just mildly hysterical in the same way that everybody in the entire United Kingdom is. We've gone giddy, haven't we? Yeah, we've gone a bit, yeah. It's the giddy phase of lockdown. I I bought some blusher and I'm wearing it as much as possible. You look lovely. You look like an Athena poster from the 1980s. Oh, that's the highest compliment known to to womankind. That was how it was intended and I'm glad you took it as such. And we have an absolute treat of an episode today because for the listeners, I will explain what's happening. It's another one of our mashups with another podcast and it absolutely delights me in a very sexual way to say that we are so erotic we're joined by another podcast from the amanda redmond family amanda redmond our esteemed producer which regular listeners or indeed casual listeners will know amanda redmond is the wind beneath our wings Amanda also produces a podcast called Drunk Women Solving Crime, which features three of the most luscious and delectable human beings on the planet. All true. And they are joining us today, Jenny. Is that correct? Yes. (laughs) Let's allow them through the doors now. We've complimented them very highly. (laughs) (laughs) To Katie, to Taylor and to Hannah. I'm very sexually satisfied to be here. Thank you. No, good. That's, we aim to satisfy. (laughs) Well, this has been a long time in the making, quite frankly, because we have enjoyed your podcast for many years. Well, I was going to say many a year, but you're relatively young. A year and a half. Mm, for many a year and a half we've enjoyed <laughs> which combines two of my absolute favorite things well three actually three? Yeah. women yeah. Oh, yeah. and crime yeah. 
And what's the third one, Jenny? Um, I think I think it might be drinking. <laughs> <laughs> Drunk with Resolving Crime is tell us a little bit about it, guys. Just tell us about your podcast. Well, you guys have both been uh, guests on it, so those are two of the the top episodes. Um, <laughs> and yeah, it's very much what it says on the tin, isn't it? We you tell us a, a listener crime, pinned Jenny's crime on her auntie, which was maybe a bit harsh, um, but I still raises it every time I see it. Yeah, <laughs> we got to meet her when you were doing X Factor, and she's still angry. <laughs> I, can, I can verify. But she's, she's still got two thirds of that Beastie Boys CD compilation. So outrageous! There you go. She is an extraordinary woman. Now that I've made her acquaintance, uh, the other day my husband did a Les Mis pastiche, which uh, I put up on Twitter, and uh, Auntie Victoria sent me a picture of herself and family in full Les Mis costume doing wow. a kind of lame tribute act it also turns out that she's got an incredible fully stocked bar like the the one that the the listeners can't see that's projected behind me via green screen which is the <laughs> queen vic basically she's got the queen vic in her house as well wow. yeah and it's and she's done remarkably because most of those bottles have still got something in them <laughs> we're eight weeks in now I used to be very snobby about people that have like you know pubs at the bottom of their garden and they're like oh we go down there to watch the football oh lovely lovely they're the cleverest people in the world right now <laughs> like geniuses yes. yeah that's worth more than a nuclear shelter right now <laughs> oh my god and how yeah it's just uh, or people with um yeah just big fridges and mm. I've got a friend who's got a second freezer and I was like oh that's something yeah. I love it now yeah Imagine, imagine having a garage and the space in which to put a chest freezer. Oof. Oh, you can kill it. You can talk about bodies for all sorts. <laughs> See, this is very much your way of thinking, isn't it? Is how can anything be used in a criminal context? It's it's getting a bit worrying because I think, yeah, a year and a half on doing true crime cases, and I my brain does go to everything's evidence, or it just yeah, implicates somebody, or you can put a body in it. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, there's a sort of crossover, isn't there, between the kind of the quizzing brain. So obviously all of our listeners are keen quizzers, but there is something about that thirst for knowledge and a desire to sort of go step by step through stuff. Mm-hmm. That, you know, I think there's a big crossover between true crime fans. It's the, it's the, it's the only connect factor, I think. It's, yeah. Anyone who likes the only connect will like crime. Because yeah. there is a process, there's puzzles, there's how does this thing connect to that thing? Let's, let's, let's put the clues together, guys. It's problem solving. At the, at, the, at the root of it is, and I suppose just your purest quiz is, you know, who is the Yorkshire Ripper, Peter Sutcliffe, and then like your, your proper clue-seeking problem solvers are. Which were the hammers he used and which attacks? <laughs> put them together <laughs> in sequence. <laughs> Really? Yeah, Who that round of the Krypton Facts was very popular. <laughs> Are you quizzing fans? I love the event of a quiz. My general knowledge is appalling. Your fans are going to hate me. <laughs> I'm just going <laughs> to put that out there now. Well, Katie Herring, of course, we have spoken to Richard Herring, with whom you are acquainted. Yes. <laughs> uh, did and he is very much a quizzer. And oh, yes. He has said some stuff about your appearance on Pointless. <laughs> Which I don't want to go into here because I don't want to ruin a beautiful evening. But uh, what, talk us through your version of events. Of okay, your so the thing is, what you guys need to know is that I was following his plan. So the time I went on with him was his third go. He'd been on with Rona Cameron. He'd been burned. He was very unhappy about how that <laughs> went down. So he was, he was a man with a plan by the time it was my turn. What his plan was, was that I would go first... It didn't matter what I said, no pressure on me. And then when it was his turn second, he knew whether he had to really pull it out of the bag and just take the chance on the really obscure piece of knowledge, which was a gamble, or whether to play it safe, let's coast, let's do the one we know is definitely an answer. Now, it just so happened that everything that I picked, as he said, was like a family fortunes answer. I picked like the highest number possible, but... I do think part of it was bad luck, but obviously part of it is my dumb knowledge. Now that's the quiz show I want to see. Dumb knowledge with Katie Wilkins. <laughs> but the thing was, he said, don't try and be clever. You've just got to get one that you know is an answer. So like the first question I think we got was, um, name a country 
or one of the early ones at least, was name a country that produces coffee. And I literally couldn't think of a coffee. You know, when your mind just goes blank because you're in a studio for the first time. Oh, and we like, know it so well. Yeah. <laughs> it, was just, it was insane. And so I said Brazil because I knew I'd had Brazilian coffee. Yeah. So obviously that is the highest answer pretty much for that question. But I didn't want to take a risk and say like the Philippines or something. You'd been told not to explicitly. You'd been told not to. told me not to take a chance and that he would do the cleaning afterwards. (laughs) I looked like a dick partly because he told me to, but also partly because I am a dick. And, um, but then because it was so weird too, because we went first, one of the topics was animals in titles of books I was like still starstruck and phased by the lights and I thought 101 Dalmatians is too obvious I'll pick a less obvious one and I I actually can't remember what I picked but the one that I picked was higher than 101 Dalmatians so I I picked 101 and I thought I was being at least one percent more clever but I wasn't Mm. and then because there's different questions when they're coming back down so tragically for when it came back down um, there was John, basically Jonathan Livingston Seagull, which is a really niche answer. But for some random work stuff, I knew Jonathan, Jonathan Livingston Seagull. So it said Jonathan Livingston, and I knew that it was Seagull because the Seagull bit was missing. And then there was one, and it was the goldfinch, and it just said the. So yeah. as it came back down the line, one of the, um, oh God, who, one of the Osman brothers, I think, got Jonathan <laughs> Livingston Seagull. Oh. And then the goldfinch was still up for grabs and you're not allowed to confer or anything on that round. No. So I, I was like, oh my God, I know. I literally know it's I the goldfinch. And I was like, I, and you know, it would have been such a low answer and I was such a dick in the first round. And if I'd had that one, I could have been a really good team member. I'd gone, I know, I know. And Rich didn't know, but he made this guess that was a really good guess and he pulled it out of the bag for the points wise. But um, and, th- and this is why I think Richard Osman is such a kind man. He saw that I knew an answer. So when the round finished and I looked like the biggest fucking chump in the world, he said, Katie, you said you knew an answer. What did, what did you think one of the remaining ones was? And I said the goldfinch and I was right. So I got to pull a tiny bit of self-esteem back and be like, oh, look, I knew something. Oh, he is an absolute dream. I was so that would have been grateful. torture if you were wrong, though. Yeah, <laughs> I would have just You knew an answer, didn't you? <laughs> yes, you were just Bet bragging no, in the maybe. back. <laughs> Thought you got away with it. We're going to ask you. This, this really puts it into context because Richard was a guest on Drunk Women Solving Crime because we do allow men once a year only. And I have this picture because we always take a picture of Katie just gazing at him <laughs> just with the in a really innocent way but just like i love you and now it's, it's like all together i get it i get the gaze although to be honest because we have talked to richard about quizzing and indeed about the episode of pointless and uh, i would say katie you say oh you know i was such a dick i think if anyone listens to our interview with richard i think they're going to decide who the dick in the relationship <laughs> is I don't even need this anecdote, I already know. (laughs) (laughs) He's so competitive and all your listeners are going to be like, yeah, fucking, he was trying to win. What's her problem? No, 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 they'll be be like, he's a dick, don't worry. (laughs) (laughs) Sweet KT. (laughs) (laughs) Katie, you have suffered the torment of quiz, the torment of pointless, which, you know, I can relate to. (laughs) So without wishing to further the torment, we are going to do a quiz. It's okay. I I love a quiz. I just hate the bit when people get upset if they don't win. (laughs) Yeah, you're just not that competitive. And not all our listeners, by the way, are desperately competitive quizzes. We do have people who are just sort of, just like it, have a laugh. You can be a casual quizzer, can't you? Because all three of you, when you listen to the podcast, you do bring a lot of extra knowledge to... My nickname on the podcast is (laughs) Butt Stuff. I'm pretty sure (laughs) I'm not bringing that much. (laughs) I mean, that is so sweet of you to say, Lucy. (laughs) (laughs) Also, we were careful to come up with a format where we came out of it looking pretty good. Also, we edit shit out. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> well you do a very good job or should i say amanda does a very good job of yeah. making you look clever so that's all thank good. you amanda well <laughs> shall we do mind fluffer sorry Karen. she well she is she makes us look good doesn't she i mean actually we know nothing but 
It works her magic. Shall we do a little quiz, Jen, on the drunk women? Yeah, let's do it. And then, uh, and then we'll chat to Hannah and Taylor about your quiz memories. Quizzeries? No, that's not. I'm trying to make a word for that. Your quizinescences. Quizinescences. Your remiquizinescences. Quiz of Christmas past. <laughs> yes, that's more like it. Thank that's you. very just, good. Is this just for Katie? Can we all chime in? I'm not competitive. Let's do this. <laughs> oh, you're well, all getting a turn. Don't worry. We've <laughs> well, got questions for all of you. Should we start with Taylor? We should. She's she's ready. She'll be, she's she's ready. on her feet basically. She's <laughs> she's anxious. on her toes like in a boxing stance. <laughs> Can I just say one more thing about Rich? Uh-huh. <laughs> he, I just want to. <laughs> I could. He is such a good team player. Yeah. So low player, competitive as hell. Poker. Oh my god. But t- he's a really good. If you're on his team, he's a really good team player. And he is a very nice man as well. We should point yeah. that out because I wouldn't like <laughs> our listeners to get the impression that we didn't absolutely love and adore him. We did. We did. Yeah. Okay. Um, loyal friend, wonderful <laughs> husband, but a bit of a dick on pointless. There we go. That's, that's how we're going to characterise him. <laughs> Jenny, do you want to give Taylor a first question? Yes, yes. We, we thought we'd go for one of your specialist subjects, ladies. And that specialist subject is booze. Sex. Oh, booze. Nice. Oh. <laughs> that stuff. A whole round of sure, I've got, all, I've got notes. I'll just turn the page over. <laughs> <laughs> I'll That's put my pants said. on. <laughs> okay. okay, Taylor, your first question. Which ancient civilization believed getting drunk enabled communication with spirits of the ancestors and held wine-fueled seances? That feels it- very Greek. Well, you've got options. Would you like the options? Yeah, sure. Was it just carry on a... being racist? <laughs> <laughs> they don't get to be a casual historical racist. Um, a, the ancient Greeks. B, the ancient Egyptians. C, the ancient Chinese. Mm. I'm going to stick with Greek. It's the ancients of China, I'm afraid. God Taylor. damn it. God yeah, damn it. Yeah, they were big into them. their forebears and, and partying with those guys. There probably were. There were probably some ancient Greeks who believed that. I mean, I've been drunk enough to believe that sometimes. I mean, yeah, yeah, but it's more the the Greeks were more. Once you're gone, you're across the sticks. You're you're in the underworld. You're not going right. to see until your time. Oh, the the, oh, the Chinese were more like yeah. there's a very thin veil oh, no, between the us and the spirit mm. world. Yeah. yeah, you know, I've recently watched Mulan with my daughter, <laughs> and I'm a little ashamed I didn't get this right. Yeah, <laughs> it was. It's on the syllabus. <laughs> Let me share another question with you then, Taylor. Which alcoholic beverage is believed to be the world's oldest recipe? Ooh. The world's oldest recipe. recipe. I mean, you know, this could be open to debate, but... Well, we had an episode where somebody brought creme de cassis, or it was a creme de cassis knockoff, and, and the label claimed to be the oldest alcohol label in the world but that's a different thing that's a different recipe and does it predate the oldest profession (laughs) (laughs) i think it would have made the oldest profession easier it would exactly (laughs) this is either bread that's gone sorry this isn't my question (laughs) you're a a team team now yeah where were you at china And I was drowning in Greek vomit. Man, I know all about feng shui. I'm so sorry. Um, I don't know anything. Anyway. It feels like it's going to be like something brewed. Like, um, is that what you were going to say? Like, but, ale it's like or... but also, if it's a red, like, it's either bread that's gone wrong with the fermenting in the yeast, or it's like before, if it's the oldest recipe, that means that for meals, everyone just like cooked meat and ate meat and picked berries. So it could be like 40,000 years old. But like cavemen invented wine or something. The oldest alcohol I know is like mead. I'm sure it's not mead, but that's quite an old one. So I'm going to yeah, smash that the out mead. there. Yeah, I mead. And what was mead? Was that was it made from grapes? Mead is honey. It was honey. Oh my god, is it? It's not the right answer. You were there. You were sort of all in the area. Is is beer? I mean, yeah. basically, it fermented is. grain and derivatives of same. I mean, I'm not sure that they sort of introduced hops and stuff, but there was a a basic yeah. beer, fermented grain and water. So. Is the oldest, the oldest recipe that was written down, or that's the oldest recipe, or like it's been kept, it's carved into something, isn't it? From oh, is it to one of those tablets? You know, the <gasps> from Mesopotamia. 
and oh. it says Mose Taverna. Mm. Oh my god! Basically, <laughs> how to make how to make something that'll get you proper tank blood. Oh man, they've got like an alternate Ten Commandments on some stones. <laughs> but they've got uh... on those. They've got like shopping lists. They've got tax bills. <laughs> Honestly, yeah, in the British Pre- Museum, Greece you can laws. go and go and see all that. Yeah, the Rosetta then... Stone is all laws, isn't it? Yeah, but they, these are like slightly earlier as well. So these okay. are like um, I think the world's oldest jokes on there, <gasps> and it's a fart joke. Oh That's my god! Can you tell us it? No, I can't remember. She yeah. can't tell. She can't tell it because I'm still doing it in my set. So uh, <laughs> <laughs> that is copyright. <laughs> <laughs> but I feel like you kind of got that because you were. Yeah, you were, were kind of you were, in the area. You were. You, you know, were working it out. Greek affair. I was going to shout beer, but then I was like, don't shout because obviously that doesn't work. So who knows what's going to happen around three? Oh my god! I'm excited. This is not nerve wracking. Let's do this. <laughs> Should we move to Hannah next then, Jen? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you can, if you if you wish to confer with your teammates, you can. But that is, I mean, your answer kind of is fine. Out a bit. If you if you're feeling strong, you can go for it. I think you'll get this anyway. Uh oh. Uh, there are options as well. Uh, <laughs> which drink was invented in 19th century Switzerland and contains wormwood? Is it A. Bourbon, B. Absinthe, or C. Schnapps? I think it's absinthe, and I got that completely and utterly on my own. I wasn't reading Taylor's lips. <laughs> you are correct. Yay! Yeah. Well, Taylor is correct. Lovely, well done. Look at that, Hannah. Very uh, nice. Great away. So let's give you another question to Ace. Until which year did Russia not class beer as an alcoholic drink? Oh my God! We again have, we have options. So until which year did Russia not class beer as an alcoholic drink? Was it 1953, 1993, or 2013? Taylor, 93 was my gut feel, but I have no idea why. So Katie, you look like you have an actual fact to share. Like if there's issues with water supplies, sometimes it's safer to drink beer. Mm-hmm. Good point. Yep. I'm gonna go. I'm, I'm nicer actually yeah <laughs> in most cases it's nicer to drink the beer i'm gonna go with the 90s it's a really good thought and it is what i would have gone with as well but unbelievably the correct answer is 2013 it, it wow. is fucking hell <laughs> and i mean you know, even then, probably I would imagine you only like super that. strong stuff is, yeah. is alcoholic. That's, That's a special brew, is probably anything under five percent you give to kids, right? Yeah, I mean, like also in Norway, you can't even buy alcohol after like 7 p.m. in a supermarket, and in Russia, they're like, That's not even alcohol. <laughs> <laughs> Incredible to me. What am I supposed to get my baby? <laughs> what, a, what a wonderful world we live in. <laughs> Well, wow, we that's should... pretty crazy. That's a great fun fact. Yeah. It's a good fun fact, isn't it? It really is. Love it. It's, the, the difference between different countries' attitudes is wild because a few years ago I went to uh, Leuven in Belgium, which is famous for being the, the Stellar Artois brewery. Oh, yeah. Which in the UK is known as wife beater casually because yes. people get so and pissed that's on it. That's fine, right? Um, we call it that. And <laughs> so we were fun. talking to some of the locals in, you know, proper pub and everything. And they say, yeah. oh, do you guys, every pub we went into, you couldn't see Stella on the, oh. you know, on the tap or anything. They're like, well, why don't you actually serve it? We're like, Stella, only kids drink Stella. <laughs> what? <laughs> it's a kid's beer. Such oh. a burn. Wow. Yikes. Oh my God. So we use it as an excuse to beat up women and they use it as like, oh God, I wouldn't give my kid that. Yeah. <laughs> it's your starter beer. Katie, Katie, now your time to shine. Okay. Katie, your first question. People with which colour eyes have a higher tolerance to alcohol okay blue green or brown which iris makes the person have a higher tolerance to alcohol genetically proven apparently and actually think about this logically i i read this and i was like ah okay this makes sense to me now okay all right taylor's got it all i know is blue eyes are a recessive gene taylor go you had your hand up well, I'm just trying to work my way to it just because I know lots of people of Asian descent are intolerant to alcohol and they tend to have brown eyes. So mm-hmm. I don't think it's brown. Mm-hmm. But then most people have brown eyes. So this is true. 
What colour eyes do Russians have? Oh, quite. <laughs> well, I feel like this is it. It's sort of tying in. We're kind of, yeah, we're establishing. Because I think of... they have brown eyes. Like most of the world has brown eyes, really, right? Well, who does have non-brown eyes? Well, know? Scottish people, Finnish people, Northern Europe. Eastern Europe. East. Is it really? The Russia eyes? Do Russians have... Okay. Well, it's such a big country. I mean, they've got Actually, it all. Technically, aren't Russians Vikings? Aren't they like Vikings from 300 years ago or longer than 300? Shut up. Don't touch me. I know history. <laughs> well, I think the Viking, you're on the right lines, I think. With all Vikings. right, let's go blue eyes. Blue eyes have got the best tolerance to alcohol. Yeah. Yes. Oh, sweet. Oh, yeah. Which I, I was a bit surprised at because I was thinking it's definitely the Irish, so green eyes. 100 wow. no. okay well you've aced that one so let's yeah. go to question number two which is which of these prime minister's mother invented the manhattan cocktail so which prime minister's mother invented the manhattan Ooh. cocktail oh, she looks it... like she might know it without options look oh, at that oh no i'm just excited that oh, it's right, okay. his mother that did it do you want the options? Yes, I'll give please. you the options. Was it A, Winston Churchill? Was it B, David Lloyd George? Or was it C, Harold Wilson? Can I have the names of the mothers? Um, no. <laughs> <laughs> Very much haven't got those written. Manhattan Wilson. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Old boozy, uh, boozy Lloyd George. It, the, the, the Manhattan does give you a clue. So if you know anything yeah. about any of them having American heritage. Well, that is a big assumption for little Katie Herring. <laughs> I, I mean, you may as well take a guess, I would say. But one of them, one of them had an American mum, which is why. And she was a bit of a socialite drink booze hound, to be honest. She loved it. She's a party <laughs> animal. I know that Churchill... By the end of his life, Churchill said he wished he was an American because America was the up-and-coming country with all the well, power. He also liked to drink, don't forget. Oh, God, is it Churchill? It is, it is oh Churchill. Oh, my God! Yes. And his mum had the best name, Jenny. Ah! Yeah, Jenny Jerome. She was, she was fantastic. She was quite a character. And she did. She, just, she went into uh, like the world of Astoria or something in new york and was like right i want you to put whiskey and vermouth together and they're like yeah we'll make it for you like, yeah, i want wow. to get pissed <laughs> basically that's like me awesome. when, when i go in and just say just put whatever's in the drip tray in a glass <laughs> <laughs> that's how cocktails are born isn't it really <laughs> it's called the pinner now <laughs> <laughs> the pinner peril Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss plushcare.com slash weight loss millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from noom like evan who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds salads generally for most people are the easy button right for me that wasn't an option i never really was a salad guy that's just not who i am but noom worked for me get your personalized plan today at noom.com real noom user compensated to provide their story in four weeks, the typical new user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Well, you did absolutely blooming brilliantly, guys. Yeah. And, uh, you know, there were there were a couple of wrong answers, sure. But it was, I'd say, predominantly. This is the way we like to do scores on this podcast. It's just predominantly right or predominantly wrong. And I think we're predominantly right, Jenya. I, I would agree. And it was all about the, the route you took to get there. 
So before you quiz us, which I believe you're armed with uh, questions for us, Taylor, of course, as our listeners may be able to tell, did not grow up in Slough, Penge, or any of the glamorous hotspots of the UK. <laughs> so you grew up in, you know, the home of television quizzing, really. I did. And it's funny because when you said, how into quizzing are you? I'm like, oh, I, probably not really. And then the quiz started and I was like, oh my God, that's, come on. <laughs> so we got very excited. I have a very competitive family. Um, we grew up playing a lot of Trivial Pursuit. And then as soon as you leave the US, you realize that all of the Trivial Pursuit questions for the American edition or American. So you think you're really smart and then you come here and you go to one pub quiz and you're like, I'm a dumbass. I don't know anything. <laughs> um, so it's a very humbling experience. Um, I, yeah, I was thinking through which shows to, like we'd watch Family Feud. I don't even know if you can count that as a quiz show. I feel like in retrospect, that's sort of like looking at future Trump supporters, like the kind of families that got in there. It's very, I don't feel Yikes. like we connected with it. Yeah, it was, it was interesting, but we were a Jeopardy family. Jeopardy really brought us together. We've loved Alex Trebek. He's the man that never ages. I mean, he's looked the same for 40 years and I'm sure you've all seen Groundhog Day and there's the scene where he just turns and says, what is the Roan before the questions even asked. And that was kind of the thing in my family was like, see who can shout the answer before we've even seen the lettering up there, which is why I yelled Greek so fast. <laughs> mostly trauma. I'm acting out a lot of trauma through quizzes. Um, but well, yeah. If, if you can't be right, be fast is yeah. a really good mm. mantra that's how, for quizzes. That's my Absolutely. husband's mantra. <laughs> Big supporter. I mean, Jeopardy, is, it's such a weird thing that it never really took off over here because it's such a great format. tried it a couple of times as well and it just, it just really? never, never took. Yeah. Oh man, I have memories of watching it, but I think I was in America at the time. I know it from SNL, I think. Like, there's yeah. a lot of yeah. yes. yes. Some excellent spoofs. It's kind just... of surprising it hasn't taken off here, though. Yeah. It's just sort of a, like, we'll ask the questions in the right order. That's where <laughs> we put our foot down. <laughs> we did it like four times in the UK. Wow. Yeah. 83 to 84, hosted by Derek Hobson. <laughs> 90 to 93, hosted by Chris Donner. 91 to 93, hosted by Steve Jones. Oh. Um, oh my god, Steve Jones. Not that Steve Jones. Uh. <laughs> Steve <laughs> Jones who also did the pyramid game uh for our older listeners might remember that. And ninety five to ninety six on Sky One hosted by a friend of the show, Paul Ross. Oh he's hosted short runs of every quiz show ever, hasn't he? He's <laughs> he's that's sort of his his thing. He did this joke because you know he got taken the piss out of ever, like just saying yes to every single work that ever came his way. Yeah. When Rich interviewed Jonathan Ross on his podcast, Jonathan said that Paul had put this answer machine message that said, if this is about work, the answer is yes. <laughs> uh, I love him so much. Oh. Oh. He, but he knows that he knows all of that about himself. That's what yeah. we, you know, we can laugh with him. The king yeah, of yeah. self-deprecation. He is, yeah, he's amazing. <laughs> he's amazing. And so Hannah, what about you? Now you are a fan of the Tea Time Quiz, I believe. Love a tea time quiz, sure, yeah. I think because we work from home, both uh, myself, or well, everyone does at the moment, that's not, <laughs> <laughs> but like um, both my boyfriend and I, so we, um, yeah, we were kind of, I don't know, we, we started watching quite a lot of them and then we got to the point where, what I like about a quiz and what I like about knowing a question, knowing the answer, I always like to do a kind of a slumdog millionaire type thing with my brain and go like, why do I know that? How was it? How, how, mm. yeah, how was that? There's not a lot of knowledge in there, but when I know it, I know it. And it got to the point where I was like, I know that answer on the chase. Why do I know it? It was on Tipping Point last week. Okay, I'm watching too much. <laughs> so that's when I had to sort of, we've gone a bit cold turkey. Uh, now. But that's, um, that's but we how, we, how we do quizzing. The more you quiz, the better you get a quiz. Yeah. So you just got to watch all the shows and, and sometimes you know stuff, not because you've learned it. It's because you got it wrong last week on Tipping Point. Huh. Yeah, yeah. The best I... way to, you know, for, for shame, you got it wrong on Tipping Point. So you're going to be beating yourself up about that. You may yeah. as well get something out of it. No, <laughs> it's like you also hone just that sort of instinctive skill. So it's like obviously mm. you have loads of knowledge, but do you think you've sort of cracked the code as well in a way? Ooh. 
there's definitely there is definitely a shorthand and a code and and to a certain extent knowing that sort of surface level about everything so there are certain things i only know from quiz and from um like what we would sort of disparagingly call in the quiz community old man quiz which is when you you're in a quiz league and the quizzes are all written by men 65 plus so you're getting questions about breweries and car marks from the 1970s stuff that you and and like um advertising strap lines from the 70s so i'm answering stuff like that that i have no right to know and i know it because i know that you're going to ask me about double diamond at some point you know you're going to ask me about certain brands of cigarettes or a weird car brand or aeroplanes from world war Two, and Jesus. sometimes it is you've got you throw in an answer because you know it is an answer to a question that is a bit like that and wow. when you when you're doing things at speed like we're doing the final of the chase sometimes right. you don't really have time to think or listen to the detail it's of the instinct. question sometimes it is blah 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 something french something form of dance and you go ballet because there yeah. you go that's 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 how quiz works oh that's cool that's really interesting Mm. yeah there's there's a lot of there's a lot of code in involved in it that you have to sort of program your mental computer to to get good at it it's almost like you're you're trying to teach your cognitive brain to be more animal and fast and stuff yeah yeah it's it's I, i mean i'm quite into my sport psychology so i've done um i've done a session with steve peters who did the chimp paradox so he talks about the different bits of your brain's brain. You've got your, your chimp brain, your, your primeval bit of brain, and your human brain. And the bit that does all the heavy lifting is the, it's the, it's the back of the brain. It's the computer. It's, everything Ooh. is automatic once it's fed into there. So it's whether you let the chimp do the programming or the human. And the human oh, doing wow. the programming will just be like, it'll be like, yeah, ballet, um, NASA chief just all those answers come out without really tiring any of the other bits of the brain my computer's just got that sort of rainbow spinning wheel Mm. (laughs) (laughs) the whole time so now we all love quizzing we've established that but nobody loves quizzing more than jen and i and so please if you are prepared will you quiz us katie would you like to start yes i would so my first question is for you lucy Oh. In which film did murderer Paul Bateson feature in a scene prior to his conviction? Oh, so he's a real life murderer. Um, so he's not, he's not, oh God. Saturday Night Fever. He was just in a dance scene. That's Greece. a great guess, but it's not Ooh, correct. I like it. I like it. I don't know. I think we're going to have no, to. No, you're going to you're gonna have to tell us. It's The Exorcist. Oh. Really? Bit, bit of movie trivia I did not know. I like that. It's great. The answer is the exorcist, and he appeared as a radiological technologist. Mm. I was going to say I'll go back and watch that, but I'm, I don't think I'm in the right mindset. No, that scene would make anybody. Oh, that make anybody kill. It's a horrible scene. And he's Look a real life the criminal. Real murderer. Yeah. Ay, ay, ay. Okay, Jenny. The next question is for you. Which of the Cray twins is the oldest? 50-50, I think. Yeah, it's 50-50. There, there are three. Is it a trick? It's not a trick. It's <laughs> either going to Reggie or Ronnie. You've got to... I'm going Ronnie. Um, you're saying that Ronnie is the oldest. Yeah. I mean, I, I would say taking it from the Tom Hardy legend performance, <laughs> which is one of my favourite things of all time. <laughs> Yeah, I'd agree with you, actually. I was going off Kemp's, to be honest. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I love your source material. I'm now (laughs) going to tell you the answer. Uh, (laughs) Reggie was born 10 minutes before Ronnie. (gasps) Oh. It's alphabetical, then. (laughs) Yeah. I think that's what their mum was thinking. (laughs) (laughs) They love their old mum, though. It gives all the crimes because they love their old mum. Which of the drunk women will be quizzing us next? I don't mind. I'll do it. Lucy, this is a question for you. Why Mm. is the year 1969 significant in UK criminal law? Well, Hannah, a lot of people think that it's because it was the year the last person was hanged. Those people are very wrong. uh, (laughs) Because actually, I believe that um, it's sort of when it was outlawed kind of thing, eventually. You are spot on. How do you do it? It's the year capital punishment was abolished. Thank you very much. Very nice. 
Jenny, I'm coming to you now. Question. In 1980s Glasgow, what erupted and ended in violence and even murder across the city? I've got... Ice cream. Hey, she knows. Ice cream the wars, mate. Oh, wow. Yeah, now that, that is a classic era of British true crime, that. The ice wow. cream wars. Yeah. Yeah, the different different gangs had uh, had their ice cream vans across the country, across the, across the country, across the city, doing their dirty stuff. Oh, my God. This is off. awesome. Yeah. Is that not what the movie Comfort and Joy is about? Is the Glasgow yeah. ice cream and, wars. And isn't there... Um, it's not Glasgow, I but... I thought that's um, what Twister was about. Yeah, what's his? Didn't um, what's his name? Peter Kay, didn't he do something he about did, turf he did, war? In that Peter Kay thing, there was a, an episode about a dodgy ice cream van. Yeah, it wasn't really turf warfare. Mr. Was it? Softy, and I will tell you the whole thing about that. Yeah, is based around the fact that there used to be an an adult shop in Bolton Town Centre, okay. which is uh, called Softy's Hard Stuff. <laughs> and so he's extrapolated from that that Mr. Softy uh, was an ice cream man, uh, and I and that very shop is but fifty yards from my home where I wow. sit. Wow! Yeah. Uh. Although it's it's no longer a an adult shop. It's in fact next door to um Bolton's only sushi restaurant. Oh wow! <laughs> mm, that is a delicious. that is a genuinely fun piece of trivia. There you go. Gentrification, mate. Yeah, we got rid, <laughs> so got rid of the porn. It, it really is related to something sexual, Mr. Softy. Yeah, that's a, that's a fetish. <laughs> <laughs> well, just after all these years of being like, huh, Mr. Softy, everybody's like, what? Ice cream. Delicious. So, Taylor, would you like to uh, assume the mantle of quiz mistress now? Would I? Lucy, your first <laughs> question. Which notorious criminal inspired the 1913 book The Lodger by Marie Adelaide Landers? Oh, now I think this is going to be. Oh, now I've forgotten his name. Christie? Or no, Crippen. Crippen. No. Crippen's a good guess, though. Older. Keep going back. It's older than that. Oh, um, yeah, you can confer. Yeah. Uh, it, was also, it was made into a film by um, Alfred Hitchcock, one of his. I think it was his first talkie was was the lodger. Oh, think um, about think about eighteen eighty. Or Jack the Ripper. I mean, yeah, yeah. yeah. very Didn't good. Happen. It is J T. Ripper. Yeah, <laughs> friends knew him. Jenny, question: What profession did Al Capone have on his business card? This is an excellent. <sighs> that is a great question. Yeah, it's a great. I really question. should know that. I really should know. Is it like Tony Soprano was waste management, wasn't he? Yes, it's that. It's that. Yeah. Al Capone. What's his legitimate? What's his legitimate front? I mean, that I have seen. I've seen season one of Boardwalk Empire, and it doesn't help me at all. He is in that. God damn it, Boardwalk Empire. Yeah, yeah. Um, I had no idea. It'd be great if it was something like you know. Dog psychologist or horse whisperer. Oh, I would be so happy if that it would was. Be good. Because we're be... all so busy memorizing that he got done on taxes. No one's it's... memorizing yeah. this particular fact. Real, real stuff, real gritty stuff. Yeah. He was corporate consultant. That's an excellent guess. Yeah. Very good. Um, the answer is furniture dealer. Oh. Oh, now that does yeah. ring a bell, to be fair. Really? Yeah, it does ring a bell. I'm That's fascinated a, by this. Such okay. a great question. That is really we'll good. We'll look into that further at a later date, but for now, yeah. having both quizzed independently, I think it is time for us to quiz all together or sort of against each other. I'm not even sure how the format of this is going to work because I am going to hand over, as I always do at this point, to Amanda Redman. The quiz mistress is quiz mistress. Ooh. Yeah. There's uh, going to be general quizzing, an outbreak of general quizzing. Well, okay. I mean, it's general quizzing. It's questions in relation to you all personally and, you know, the just you, really. But I'm going to ask you all a question each. You're welcome to confer, but I'd be disappointed in all of you if you don't know them. So That's I'm going to start with Hannah. Go on. So Hannah, famously from the Isle of Wight. I mean, anybody that listens to Drop Me Solve and Crime knows this. So you will know Hannah. What was Guillermo uh, Marconi responsible for doing on the Isle of Wight in 1896? <laughs> <laughs> you will know this. Is it my <laughs> gran? <laughs> hey. 
Nice. I can give you a little clue if you want. It was just next to the now famous Needles. Oh. Did he, he didn't do the first, was it the first um, chairlift? Oh no. That didn't didn't go where I thought it was going. (laughs) I think the only thing of the Needles is a chairlift. There was a little bit of a mime and then it it went down. That's what Hannah's grand requested as a chairlift. No, no, no. He called it the chairlift. I don't know. I don't know who this girl is. You know who Marconi is. Is that Marconi? Is it radio? Marconi. He's in doing radio Marconi. Yeah. Transmission across water. On the Isle of Wight. Well, it was the world's first wireless station that he said. Oh, over the sea. Over the Solent, yeah. I just thought this would be in your kind of folklore, so that's why I picked it. (laughs) So none of these are multiple choice because I thought that you would, you know, kind of... This is um, the, if you don't know this, you're a dumbass round. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's supposed to be your specialty <laughs> subject, you morons. Oh, well, great. Then... <laughs> and we're going to get a question on poll that I don't know the answer to. I need to die in blaze of fire. Let's go. Do you know, Katie, if you don't know this, this is no bad on you, you not knowing anything about you and your life. But so, Katie, prolific author of children's fiction, which Uh-oh. are published by no- Nosy Crow. Oh, you light it up to shame us. <laughs> like, get it all, get all the ducks in a row. <laughs> Continue, Amanda. She's exactly her role on this podcast. (laughs) So, famously published by Nosy Crow, though. So, Katie, what is the collective noun for crows? You know this. Oh, Lucy knows. Am I allowed to confer with Lucy? Go for it. Why not? Can I also give you a little clue? It's something that you talk about every week. Yeah, it will come up. Dial M for... I'm so dumb. A murder of crows! Yay! Yay! Oh, I'm saving me, guys. Everyone thinks I'm super smart now. (laughs) I completely forgot that the first chairlift was actually invented by James James Curran in 1939, which is weird because I knew that. Of course you yeah. <laughs> general quiz. knowledge, mate. You never tire of telling me that, Hannah. Every time I see you, you're like, oh, that first chairlift, yeah. I know you like to know. I do. So, Taylor, you, I Turn hope around. this is right, okay? So you might have seen that I looked at your LinkedIn. You know, and it gives you, like, a little notification about who's been looking at your LinkedIn. So I wanted to double-check that you oh, definitely God. went to Cornell. So uh-huh. you, Taylor went to Ivy League school, no less, Cornell. Do you always set it up like this? Oh my god. So, Taylor, what kind of fast food was invented at Cornell? Oh, um... She knows this. So it's the poor man's pizza. No. Which came... Well, it was... It actually was. As (laughs) well. It was... Yeah, it was a pizza that was um, made on a French bread. Is there another answer to that? Seriously? Pizza. The chicken nugget was invented at Cornell during the 1950s by Professor oh, okay. Robert C. Baker. Oh, I'm glad say... that's true too, but I'm going to go for French, French, French bread pizza sounds, yeah. But we oh, used to love those. Got here. In <laughs> the French 70s and 80s. Yeah, exactly. You, yeah. A French bread pizza was the height of sophistication. Yeah. I did not know oh, that we made the nugget. I mean, <laughs> I mean, did they make it or did they reappropriate it from someone else? I mean, I, I haven't got that in-depth information. Also, I don't have it in-depth enough to know exactly when in the 1950s because I <laughs> looked extensively and all I could get was during the 1950s. So okay. answers on a postcard if anybody's listening that knows the precise year. I'm going to deep dive. I can't believe there's not a building on campus called like the Nugget. I'm checking out the chicken nugget here. Oh, it's invented by Robert C. Baker. He invented the chicken nugget as well as many other poultry-related inventions. Due to his contributions, he is a member of the American Poultry Hall of Fame. Uh, <laughs> no, he needs a statue, that lad. Come on. <laughs> I am gonna ask Lucy a question, and obviously mm-hmm. it's about Croydon. I mean, why wouldn't it be? Yeah. So, which TV newsreader is the voice of the Croydon trams? Oh, now I don't often get the tram because my mum and dad don't live near a tram stop, or didn't? They're dead, oh. but they—they they, no. So I don't really. Oh, it's going to be a guess as to who would be good enough. For Croydon, mm. there's got to be a Croydon link, surely, as well. You'd think who's from Croydon? Well, now Kate Susanna Mark. Reed, Susanna Loads Reed is South London, 
Oh, that's nice. I'd like it to be Susanna Reid, um, but I've uh, Amanda's sort of not looking. Emily Maitlis. <laughs> Put me yeah. out of my misery. I'm going to say Susanna Reid. It's Nicholas Owen, so you were close-ish. Oh. No, maybe. Not <laughs> <laughs> oh, close. The last time I was on a bus, I sat next to Nicholas Owen. True fact. Very good. Very good. Wow. Jenny, in which year did Bolton win the FA Cup beating West Ham United 2-0? Mm. Well, um, well, we've won the FA Cup five times, so I'm trying to remember which occasion that would be. Um, that might be the um, first FA Cup final at Wembley, which was 1923. You are correct. Hey. That's exactly when it was. Hey. Oh, nice. lovely. Up yours, West Ham. Whee! <laughs> Nearly 100 years. I'm still dining out of that. Well, in fact, yeah, in three years' time, let's do an, a centennial celebration of that. <laughs> yeah. Well, it, was, it was the White Horse final because literally it was getting to the end of the match and all the Wanderers fans got so excited they did a pitch invasion. And so the police horses had to get onto the pitch to clear everyone off so they could wow. officially finish the match. Because ah. Bolton fans... Yeah, anyone from Bolton outside a BL postcode is a liability. Let's be <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah, but we go a bit wild. Uh, that Posh London, bloody hell. Yeah. yeah, imagine ah. the day out they had in 1923. Well, um, I'm delighted, Jenny, that you clawed back for us uh, a little bit of dignity. But what has been really nice about this edition of the podcast is that it has not been very competitive in that we've all collaborated, we have chatted, it's been an absolute delight. Yay! Yay! And it's been such an absolute delight and a joy. So to our listeners, if you're not already acquainted with Drunk Women Solving Crime, then you should be and thank you so much for coming and being on Fingers oh. We could do it like a um, barbershop quartet if you want Fingers That's our- okay. I'm, I'm awesome at this Fingers, Fingers. Fingers on Buzzers starred Lucy Porter and Jenny Ryan and was produced by Amanda Redman with music by Kevin McLeod and Justin Edwards. Email quiz at fingersonbuzzers.com and tweet at fingersbuzzers. Thanks for listening and don't forget to join us next time for more Fingers on Buzzers. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.